Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Uh, Take a seat. Maybe give someone a high five on your way down if you're bold and brave. Thank you very much. All right, week two. Week two, welcome to the online audience. We love having you with us. And uh, Faith Works is the name of our current series. Tim kicked us off last week with a great, great message. And today I want to talk about faith that transcends, um, it goes beyond, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you'll know what I mean by this. It goes beyond blab it and grab it. You know, it goes beyond that. Faith is something that transcends some sort of fixed outcome uh, that we've decided on. We're going to that. I've decided. I want that. Something that goes beyond that, that becomes sort of some all or nothing contract with God. Where if God doesn't deliver, we break the contract and we're out. That is how some people's Christian faith actually operates. I pray for whatever I've decided and God, you'd better deliver or I'm going to take my bat and ball and blah, 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 I'm going to go home. I know, it sounds funny, doesn't it? So there are a couple of problems with it. Um, last week, Tim talked about praying with the right heart, with the right motivation. And um, when we're the one making the decisions about what the target is, we, we're destined for some pretty serious errors. I know probably not you guys, you're probably all perfect, but for me, I'm just a human being and I'm bound to mess it up and end up aiming at the wrong thing. Um, sometimes when we're praying for things and we're praying for things that I don't think God cares about very much. <gasps> what? God, I really, really want this awesome job, not that awesome job, And I'd like that one instead of the awesome job I currently have. And God's like, yeah, whatever. They're all awesome. (laughs) Okay, sure. But I don't think, you know, to us it's it's become a sheep station thing. I mean, um, you know, (laughs) a very important issue. People don't even know what that means, right? Sheep station? We're playing for sheep stations. Does anyone know what I mean? Thank you, Robin, that you know what I mean. Um... Anyway, we, we grow up in this hyper-marketing Western world, right? We grow up here and we get brainwashed into thinking it'd be normal if our, what our prayer life looked like was our Christmas shopping list. God, I want this and I want that and I want that and I want that. Anyway, got to go to work, see ya. God's like, ah, I just wanted to talk to you about something else as well while you were here. Um, yeah. <laughs> if all we ever pray about is the stuff that we're demanding and then start questioning the very basis of our faith when it doesn't happen, uh, our faith is pretty thin. Would you agree? Yeah. So I'm thinking sometimes we can't even pretend to have any clue about the outcome. Like what would be a good outcome? Or how's it all going to work out? We're clueless. Um, and, And probably we need to approach God asking questions rather than making statements and finding out perspectives rather than coming with a preconceived idea. 
Um, and we can be like Tim was talking about last week, just searching his word, you know, get your Bible out and look for anything that's even vaguely related to what you're going through or the situation you're in. And, um, what, you know, once you've reassured yourself, hey, it's covered. It's in there. I found it. There's a promise that relates to this. And you start praying in line with that promise. Then you can know that you're not just praying according to your will, but you're praying according to his will. And that's a very different, more solid place to be when you're praying for something. So I've got two points today. I know, shock, horror. I always have three, but not today. I'm breaking all the rules. Two points. Point one, even if I never see an answer, my faith in God will remain strong. Point two, even if I haven't seen an answer yet, or the answer's taking a while, my faith in God will remain strong. I know, you ready for a challenging message today? Uh, Daniel 3 verse 17 says, Our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, everyone say that, even if he doesn't. Again, even if he doesn't. Online, even if he doesn't. I couldn't hear you, but I'm just believing in faith that you were saying it. Even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, we're not going to serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you've set up. Or, another way of saying that is, even if he doesn't, our faith in God will remain strong. Pretty cool. Anyone ever read this story before about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego being thrown into the fiery furnace? Anyone familiar with this story, ever heard of it before? Okay, so you know some of the details some of you, okay. Well, basically, the king set up a big statue and said, you bow down and worship that when the music plays, and if you don't, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And then he found out that these guys weren't doing it. So he gets them all before him and threatens them to throw them in the blazing furnace, and that's their response. We're not going to bow down. We're not going to worship your gods, no matter what you do to us. Throw us in the fire if you like. Our God is able to rescue us, and he will. But even if he doesn't, still not going to happen. No cigar. These guys prayed a lot. These guys were serious Hebrew people. They prayed several times a day for a while. They knew their God. They were pretty confident here, but still not absolutely certain about the outcome. Hence the, even if he doesn't, being included. Not certain. God can and God will. Out of all the times that I've been thrown into a blazing furnace, all the scientific data that I've gathered along the way leads me to believe that there's a very strong likelihood that uh, I'll be fine. No, there's no science. Have you ever stood in front of a furnace in your life and thought, I have never faced this kind of situation before? I have no idea what to do. This is unique. You're, you're scrambling through the Bible and you're like, it's not in there. This one's not covered. I have. I've been in situations like that. What have you got in that situation? Because I think sometimes God likes to mess with us. He loves it when everything gets stripped away. When you go, well, I can't rely on my great robust health this time because this is a health challenge. It turns out I can't rely on my steady stream of income because this challenge is I've just lost my job. 
etc. I, I think he loves it when we can rely on nothing but him and, and we're just everything's stripped away and it's him and it's us. And that's all we got. He loves it. He doesn't love it to torture us. He loves it because it deepens and strengthens the relationship. To be put in that situation and, and you push into him instead of pushing away from him just makes everything stronger and better. Your faith will not uh, weaken. Your faith will strengthen. And I think for him that's mission accomplished. Even more than the outcome. Even more than the outcome. He's like... If I can just strengthen your, your connection with me, your relationship with me, that'll be mission accomplished. This has been a good situation after all. You know, I used it for my purposes, even though it was a bad situation. I got good to come out. I can work all things together for good. You just watch me. You know, you think this is a bad situation, but whoa, look out, look out. Here comes God. He did not rescue them with a torrential downpour of rain to put out the fire. Because, you know, he could have. He's God, right? He controls the weather. He could do that. Imagine that. They would have come out like drowned rats and gone, see, told you. And the king would have had to go, yeah, you're right. You didn't die in the blazing furnace. Yep, fair enough. But God chose to rescue them by being with them. That's how he did it. The king went, hang on a second. Didn't we throw three in there? I see four. And the fourth one is like brilliant white and shiny and looks like the Son of God. Get him back out of there. The relationship, the communion with him is what got these three young men through their most difficult trial. The king says, okay, clearly your God is the only true God. Forget everything I said before. Let's all worship that God. So maybe instead of using all your energy deciding what the outcome should be and praying for that outcome, maybe we should all just move towards God and spend some time with him. And the outcome can take care of itself. And he will look after it. This statement by Shadrach really points out something else that's really important to me. We don't get to be God. God is God. And even though we, even though, look, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I have put my hands on people and prayed for them and seen miracles happen, complete turnarounds in their life, permanent change, physical healing, manifestations you would not believe for years, for decades. I have seen it, would it be more than a thousand times? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. I've prayed for an outcome and it has happened. So I'm not saying you can't pray for an outcome and see it happen. Of course you can. There are promises in the Bible that guarantee that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be wasting my time praying for people for healing this morning. Of course you can. Of course you can. That's a message for another day. This is unbalanced because I've only got 25 minutes. So come back another day and someone will be preaching about that side of the equation. But it's because it's his promise that it works. Not because I get the gold star award for being an awesome prayer, but because he gets the gold star for being the one true God. Right? It's all on him. Um, he's sovereign, right? He can do whatever he likes. So we live in this tension. And, and if you're not okay with tension, then, wow. 
Life's hard. <laughs> you want to simplify everything and make it all black and white, that's going to be difficult for you. Um, but we live in a tension where we understand that God's sovereign and it might not happen. He can and he will, but even if he doesn't. It sums up. Yes, God is sovereign. He'll do what he likes. But I understand what it says in his word and I pray according to that in obedience and we'll see what happens. But I'm pretty sure, 97% sure, that I know what the outcome's going to be because I really know him quite well by now. But it's not guaranteed. That's the tension we live in. Sometimes people don't get healed and I go, what happened there? And I go back to my room and I pray and I go, God, what happened there? <laughs> I don't get it. But I'm living in a tension. Um, sometimes when things happen that we don't understand, we sit in the tension and say, God, I trust you and I love you, but I don't get it. Can you show me something more? If you don't, I'm okay because I know I don't get to be God, but you know, I'd love to understand more if you could show me. I'll put it in my human understanding only bucket. I've only got human understanding and I've got limits. So I'll put it over here in this bucket along with a few other things that are in there. And uh, I'll just keep walking in faith in you for the rest of my days. Yeah. These guys could have had a real chip on their shoulder on arrival. Hang on. We are the chosen ones. We are God's people. How come we've ended up under threat of being thrown into a fiery furnace? I am going to walk away from church and spend at least six months in despair and then depression. And God, if you're really lucky, I will come back and I will forgive you, God. Huh? How does the dynamic of this relationship work again? <laughs> Last week, <laughs> sorry, I'll just let that sit for a second. You good with that? Last week, Tim talked about Hebrews 11, the hall of fame of faith. This is just a huge list of faith heroes. It talks in one part of Hebrews 11 about millions of believers who hung in there and kept on praying and believing and never saw it happen. What they were believing for was Christ coming as Messiah to earth as foretold over and over again by multiple prophets as pointed to and pointed to. And they all went, yes, Messiah's coming, Messiah's coming. And they praised God for it and they lived in it and they put their faith in him in advance even though they hadn't hit the earth yet and they did that for their whole lives and they died still having not seen it happen. Now we are 2,000 years after he came and we live in a different kind of freedom because of it and we look back when we do communion and say, thank you, Jesus, for everything you accomplished. We put our faith in him retrospectively when they were putting their faith in him in forward view but we're also hanging out for Jesus is going to return to the earth again and set up here and re renew the whole place and restore the whole planet and reign here that hasn't happened yet and my grandparents died without ever seeing it come to pass but they were believing for it and I might too because I'm not sure when it's going to happen but I'm sure it's going to happen so there are things, you know, even if I never see it happen, I, my faith is still going to be strong. Even if that younger relative of mine never comes to know Christ and they, get to know, they, they meet Christ, but it's several years after I've passed and I never got to see it in the flesh, I'll see it from heaven. I'll have a really good view from up there. But, you know, it could be there are things that you're praying and believing for 
Hang in there, even if you never see it happen. You're still part of God's plan of making it come about by your confession and by your standing in prayer. All right, point two. Even if I have not seen an answer yet, my faith in him will remain intact. Or even if an answer takes a long time. The Bible says it's by faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. I acted in my job at a higher level for eight months last year and then someone else won the job instead of me at the end of that eight months of acting. I'm just going to drop the curtain for you a little bit and tell you I was pretty disappointed. I was gutted. It was difficult to go to work every day for a little while. And I was confused because everyone said, you did such a great job of that job. Why didn't you get the job? And I go, I don't know and stop asking me. It's hard enough already. <laughs> um, my faith in God remains strong. And um, I just put it in my human understanding only bucket with a few other things that are in there. Um, since then, I've applied for several more promotions and I haven't got one yet. I have several applications in right now. I'm pretty sure that God wants that for me. He and I talk, and I reckon he wants me to push into that space, into that working at that higher level as one of the leadership team in his school. So that's what I'm doing. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. And if I just keep on surrendering to what he wants. You know, like if he doesn't want me to have that job, I don't want it. It'll be a failure, right? I, I won't do it very well. I won't enjoy it. If he wants it for me, I want it. So I just keep on praying like that for each one and I just keep putting applications in for things that, I'm, that seem well suited to my, my gifts and my experience and that sort of stuff. And we'll see what happens. We love hearing the Christian Hollywood story, don't we? The one that's all finished and wrapped up with a bow on top and then God answered my prayer and everything was great. The end. We like hearing those. They're very neat. Sometimes when you're in the valley, still walking, waiting it out, staying in faith, wondering how it will end, hoping for what you think is right, what you think you understand, it's too early to share your story. Is it? Why? Is it going to damage your faith to hear that I don't have my outcome yet, but I'm still hanging in there? I don't think so. I'm on the boat in the middle of the storm, but I have Jesus with me. And he told me we're going to the other side. So everything is going to be fine. Do I understand how? Not yet. Do I have to understand? Well, I gave up my right to understand, so I'm still okay. And my faith is intact. It could be inspiring to hear about other people's two-year journey, five-year journey, 10-year journey. Really inspiring. How are you feeling when you're going through that? How do you respond when you face that situation? That could be really informative for people to hear. Yeah. Sorry, it's too heavy today. No, are you okay? You good? Okay. Good, good. My wife Louise has an ongoing health issue. It's getting worse, not getting better. We've prayed about it many times. She's received prayer up the front. We're standing on God's word and believing that she will be completely healed. Why hasn't it happened yet? Not sure. But we know what we're believing. But even if he doesn't, we will still love him and serve him 
and worship him and put our faith in him and rely on our relationship with him. Because our relationship with him is a constant thread that runs through our life, all the way to the end of our life. And everything around it is just noise, just the scenic, the scenery as we pass by. But that bit there is the bit that will remain. When we die, we'll have that and none of this. So we need to continue to focus on and build that no matter what's happening around us. Mm. Hebrews 11, just quickly. Hebrews 11, verse 4 says, By faith, Abel lived an ongoing lifestyle that included giving sacrificially to God. He did it by faith. It was very much like a tithe. There's your whole flock. There's all your newborns. But before you do anything... You pick the best one. What's the best one in your opinion? Oh, this one's the best. So good. Look at the ears. Look how straight. Look at the stance. Okay, bring that one and sacrifice it to me before you do anything else. That wasn't just talking about a one-off offering that Abel gave one time ever in his life. That was his lifestyle. This is how I live. I give sacrificially to God and I bring the best first as a lifestyle. And God puts the label on that, faith. That's faith. That's what faith looks like, living like Abel. James says, I'll show you my faith by what I do. Verse 7 says, by faith, Abraham pursued long-term promises that took decades to come off. Decades. Leaving his comfort zone, stepping out anyway, trusting God, whether he got any positive feedback in any given calendar year, Or any signs of progress? Any sign of progress? No. Okay. Well, we'll keep going then. Decades. I don't think a lot of modern people have that kind of stickability. But that kind of stickability, God calls it faith. Hang in there. The hang in there faith. Verse 30 is the story of the walls of Jericho. This was a tedious exercise. Can you imagine It required incredible discipline. I want you to, your entire population, to march around the walls of the city in total silence and then go back to camp. I want you to do that again on day two. Don't make a noise. Kids, shh. Day three. Day four. You'd be going back for day five and going, what are we doing? This is stupid. Surely there must have been a bit of that. There would be if it was me. But it's like rehab after an injury. You go to the gym and you see these people doing these tiny little exercises. You go, mate, what are you doing? You look stupid. You look like a chook or something. But they know damn well what they're doing. They're doing exactly what their physio told them to do because they want total restoration to full use and full range of movement. They know exactly what they're doing. So they stick with it. It's also like the non-physical equivalent of if you've been through trauma or you're going through grief, you go see a psychologist and they give you strategies and you laminate the strategies and you put them on the kitchen bench and you go, oh, I'm having that thought pattern. Here's my strategy. And you do it and you do it and you do it. This would be called the trust the process faith. God calls it faith. Trust the process. If you're right in the middle of it, Trust the process. Be brave and stick with it. That's a word for people today. Jesus told a parable. 
in Luke chapter 18. And it's, I love it because it starts with an explanation of what it's about. Because so many times Jesus told a parable and that at the end the disciples went, eh, are we supposed to be going buy wheat now? Is this about wheat? Did we not bring enough wheat? You were supposed to bring the wheat. He's like, doofus, all right, I'll tell you what it was about. And then he explains the parable afterwards because they're just so thick they don't get it. Sometimes he leaves them totally unexplained, which is also awesome. But this one starts, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And then he goes ahead and tells the parable. But that's what it's about. Hanging on in faith and continuing to pray and don't give up. The story's about a widow bashing on the judge's door. Bash, bash, bash. Bash, bash, bash. Until she gets what she needs. Finally, she wears him down and he goes, All right, you can have it. Jesus told that story to tell us to keep praying and not give up. Because everything's not like microwave, boop, 10 seconds, it's done. Everything is not like that in life. Some things require trusting the process. Some things require hanging on to what you know God told you. Some things require sacrificial giving. And all along the way, regardless of all the noise and everything that's happening around it, we've got this common thread running through our lives. God wants to deepen and build his relationship with us and his connection to us. And it's far more important than any arbitrary outcome we've decided on. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.